Welcome to our first episode of um, let's just call it just chatting over tea. Uh, well, I'm drinking a peach tranquility tea. Uh, I'm here actually with my good high school friend Alvin Lau. He well, he's drinking coffee. Yeah, Starbucks. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so we are here to this this podcast show is mainly talking. You know, we're mainly talking about mental health, uh, spirituality, meditation, you know, life's purpose, life's meaning, uh, all that good stuff. Um, and that's what we're going to be covering today. And specifically, actually, uh, Alvin and I had a chat earlier, and he just completed a 10-day Vipassana course. So we're, we're going to go over that, too. We're going to talk about that. Um, and here, we, we actually are pretty... Kind of free flow. Uh, we, you know, unfiltered. Um, just whatever comes up in our mind, we go ahead and speak it. Um, no, no restrictions here. So, uh, yeah. Before we get into all his um, experience with, you know, his exper- spiritual journey, uh, let's have Alvin kind of talk a little bit about his background. Okay. Uh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um... Uh, yeah, just growing up as kind of like an Asian kid in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. I think everyone, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you're growing up from. You start trying to figure out, like, what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to operate in this world? Um, you know, what are these the rules to do it safely or whatnot? And where do you get them from, from your parents? But, you know, maybe deep down inside you there's questions about like oh is this the only way or is what my parents tell me the right way um and as you get older and you have external experiences outside of your your family um you begin to question whether the way that your parents taught you how to operate in the world if it truly is the right way or is there a different way and when you go out there outside of that sandbox your your parents built for you um, and you experience other stuff. And there is a lot more out there that, you know, hey, there is a different way to do things. But again, you question yourself, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? That, to me, growing up in the barrier, uh, led me towards, like, spiritual questions that okay. got me into kind of like the spiritual search for myself. I've always had that. Um, but yeah, so... I can't spiritual search going to Christian or going to church in high school. And I'm wondering if that's the right thing. And then kind of dabbing in, in like Buddhism and spirituality, like maybe towards the late twenties into to early thirties. And then that kind of led me to going to the, the Vipassana course um, just this past last 10 days. Yeah, so now we're here. Yeah, I'd love to sort of dive right into that because we had had you know a long conversation earlier in the afternoon about it, and I guess first start off is how how was your time there? Like what you know, like what's, what was the process like? Um, it was. I mean, now that I'm done with it. It was a really good, like, really, I, 
I, I felt was a very meaningful experience uh, in terms of meditation relative to I just yeah, as like a little bit more backwards uh, uh, backstory context. I've done meditation apps and things like that, like uh, Sam Harris's. Uh, uh, was it Wake Up? I forgot what the I think it's. I forgot the name. It's just Sam, Sam Harris app. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Probably Wake Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, actually, yeah, my my whole start on meditation and everything. Now I'm 36, but um, back when I was 29 and like what 1913 or, or 2000, mm -hmm. 2013 or something around there. Um, I started dabbing a little bit more into to meditation, trying different stuff, and um, was there like a turning point on why you decided to to get into that? Uh, yeah, just uh, I had a relationship that uh, a breakup that really kind of like threw me, just kind of like my life in a different direction, kind of like on a completely tangent course, and you know. You know, you know, you're on the path of like, oh, you're in your 20s and you're you're getting a decent job and you're starting to save up so you can have that supposed typical life of save up uh, so you can get married, uh, buy a house, uh, save up 401k, um, and then you know, pump out a couple kids and, you know, save up for retirement, go on a couple vacations, you know, just have a decent, okay. decent life. Basically the American dream. Yeah. Um, and that's, I guess what everyone's, everyone's trying to figure out what the meaning of success or what the measure of success yeah. is. And like, you know, like I, I don't know, but that's what everyone's talking about. And that's what everyone seems to be working towards. So maybe that's probably it. So I was on that path up until 29, I thought, but then um, I had a, a pretty bad breakup for myself um, relationship that you know, put me in a, in a mental tailspin that I think was a, a good, it was good in the sense that it pumped the brakes on my life to really kind of make me slow down and think like, is this the direction I want to go? Mm -hmm. Uh, is a career path I'm taking in business mm -hmm. development, sales, mm -hmm. the direction I want to go. And when I realized that it it wasn't quite, especially in like the mobile gaming space and things like that, mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm not really crazy about games anymore. But if I'm not crazy about games, then I don't care about advertising. Actually, deep down in my heart, I actually kind of hate advertising. <laughs> but I'm in it. Why? So that I can earn money. So that sure. I can... Get the 401k so I can buy yeah. the car and yeah. buy the house, get a Tesla or whatever the hell it yeah. is, and, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. have all the, the shiny objects to show that I have reached a certain level of success. And when all of that kind of went down the drain with the breakup, that's when the whole kind of void opened up in my heart of like, dude, what's the meaning of life? And when that happened, I literally got depressed and anxious and stuff like, well, if I haven't figured that out, man depression because regret of the past mm. i walked the wrong path anxiety because well now that i walked the wrong path what the hell is the future path supposed to be when i got to that point that's when the whole spiritual search like oh what's the meaning mm. of life came about and i started researching into buddhism sure. and, and things like that and really actually yeah. in 29 I, I started like reaching into like reading up on like oh who are like 
Asian American figures or guys that are like really strong-willed individuals that that uh, kind of like have a good seem like they actually have a little bit of spiritual backing and mm-hmm. they're like really really like seems like they have a strong foundation and direction with who yeah. they are and are secure and, and understanding who they are. And I was like, well, a guy like Bruce Lee. Of course. Okay. Well, Bruce Lee is into Taoism and Confucianism. Yeah. Uh, Eastern spirituality and philosophy like Alan Watts and Jidu Krishnamurti mm-hmm. and even like probably dabbing in Buddhism and things like that. And so that's kind of what got me on like, oh, well, I like Bruce Lee. And I mm-hmm. want to be a strong kick kung fu dude or whatever but like yeah because like the, everyone looks up to him he's an asian dude but <laughs> at the same time no one really looks at him like weakling yeah they, they're like he can kick your ass yeah and he has a strong you know internal it seems like he has a strong internal compass so reading up more on him and his background and then understanding who and what sets his spiritual basis got me into eastern spirituality buddhism and ultimately, because Buddhism's foundation is about meditation, that led me on the path of wanting to find out how meditation can help me figure out life's purpose and, and direction. And then that's how to something deeper, like which is the Vipassana meditation, because that's a little different, right? Ultimate, well, Vipassana meditation, based off my understanding after having taken the course um the 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 teachers uh this uh, gentleman by i think it was like sn goinka out of burma Um, i don't think he's alive anymore but he was uh there were a lot of video recordings that that he taught like he already has like 200 plus um campuses around the world and whatnot that his foundation started uh but supposedly vipassana is based off of the original technique that Buddha utilized during his meditation. But supposedly, um, and I might have my story wrong, or but this is my understanding of it. Um, all the other, you know, Buddhist um, temples or different divisions of it that started spreading out through India, China, Taiwan, Japan, Korea, and all that stuff. Yeah began to start adding their own spins and their own rituals and things like Mm -hmm. that to this core technique, which I don't want to say that it's like polluting, but it's putting a spin on it that might draw it a little further away from the original technique, like adding like kind of like a godly figures attached to it. Because at the end of the day, Buddha at, Buddha in its original form from my understanding is he's like, no, this is not about God. This is not necessarily about any you you needing to believe in afterlife or anything like that. This is just purely based teaching on your experience with the world mm. and through your experience getting closer to truth for yourself through your experience and how through literally being alive and how to navigate using that truth to yeah to to live a more harmonious life and well even though they're putting in their own spin but it's still maintaining or, or retaining the the core um foundation right of the core foundation um yeah uh although i think some individuals when they 
if they don't have a clear mind, they mm-hmm. might latch on to uh, certain parts of like the uh, spin-off, I mm-hmm. guess, versions, division, one spin-off version mm-hmm. of Buddhism where it's more ritual focused okay. and then they end up moving a little too far away from the original okay. te- technique of the original type of meditation. Like, you know, start doing like body movements and stuff like that where uh, maybe the original Buddhist or the, the original Vipassana meditation technique is just about focusing on um, your your mind and your body that the interaction point between your mind and your body which is your sensations and your mental reactions and interpretations of your body sensations that's the that's the meeting point okay. that's how your 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 mind understands okay. or tries to interpret things through explaining or uh, reacting to sensations of your body okay and this course is specifically to steer you back into the original steer technique back to the original and, and, technique and practice it and and in a way kind of drop off all the all the like ritual stuff that okay. was added on that okay. genuinely I think in all these different Buddhist divisions, the the next the following generations and then like the, all these yeah. different you know, sects or whatever yeah. sects whatever you would call them added on because they genuinely thought it was beneficial. Mm-hmm. It's not to say that they're not, yeah. but really sometimes when you want to go back to the basics, you know, go back to the original root. And supposedly that's what Vipassana is. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. Yeah. And I mean, when you're there at the course, then what was it like? Um, let's just say a day to day. The course on a day to day. So it was a 10 day course. And um, it uh, just going in, uh, just reading like some of the preliminary stuff, just knowing that it's going to be 10 days in kind of like a isolated bubble. Um, you have the food uh, prepared for you. Mm-hmm. You have your own kind of basic sleeping quarter and you have kind of like a, a closed perimeter walking path mm-hmm. in like kind of like a school ground, but you have, you're closed off to the rest of the world. You have your cell phone taken away, any electronics, um, they're, all, they're all removed. And it's actually even possibly beneficial. It would be beneficial for you to just not even have a watch. Because when you have, when you have the perception of time, it also distorts your, or it, it may also distract from your meditation. So um, yeah, going in, I knew that I was just like removing all those things. Yeah. And I'm, you know, yeah. I know that my habit is like, oh man, binge watching YouTube, being on a computer, yeah. always having ambient music in yeah. the background when I'm yeah. doing any sort of work. Yeah. But to remove all that, it was, it's, I knew there was going to be a bit of a shock factor and readjustment and, and that was it. And it was basically just sitting down multiple sessions, mm-hmm. like long sessions, one hour a day or one hour per session, or maybe even one to two hours per session um, of just pure sitting meditation of, of just w- noticing your breath okay. or noticing your mind's interaction with your body's sensations. Because when you're sitting at like for one to two hours at a time, mm-hmm. 
after about the half hour mark, your body starts wanting to readjust itself and you'll start noticing pains in your body. And how does your mind react to those pains? Is it, does it get angry? Um, does it get fidgety? Do you get, yeah, like what happens? And that's, that's the mind to body relationship experience that you become more aware of. You mentioned to me earlier today that before each meditation session or even every day, the, the, the instructor actually supposedly gave, gives you like um, what, a sheet of instructions or, or directions on, on what, to, what to focus on or what to do. Uh, it's not, well, there's the initial, like, even before the course, like, once you enter it, they give you, like, some basic crown rules about what to, like, keep out of the meditation okay. session. It's like, just, yeah, just don't bring anything in there. Just bring your body. Go sit down on the pad. Try not to, like, I mean, they'll give you pillows and, like, like a little floor mat and whatnot. And yeah. then, like, some people, like, add, like, oh, I want to add five pillows on mm -hmm. my on my on my pad, or I want to also add a wooden chair to make my sitting position optimal. Yeah, and all these things. Yeah, but and they'll let you do that, um, and people adjust each like I don't know each day has maybe three deep one hour no movement sessions uh, where you're just meditating on your cushion. Uh, so three times 10, so 30, oh, you know? and then, right. and so each one of those, you start modifying your, your cushion setup, your oh. pillow setup, your yeah. wooden, uh, your wooden seat setup, all that stuff to get, if you want to say your, your optimal setup, but over time you end up realizing whether or not that's necessary or oh. effective. And you have to experience that through the analyzing your, or experiencing your mind body relationship during that hour-long period and the, 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 the pains and sensations that come up. Um, but the initial preliminary is they'll just give like, or Goinka, um, he has an audio clip where it just plays the first maybe five minutes mm -hmm. telling you, oh, for this session, mm -hmm. focus on your breath and the triangle in your nose area. Oh, okay. Uh, like okay. the top of your nose. Yeah to the left nose, to the right nose, uh, and maybe your upper lip, uh -huh. you know, the area above your upper lip where maybe your mustache is, you know, mm -hmm. if you, you have one, or females, you know, that same section. Yeah, yeah. You know. And as you notice your breath and the sensations that you feel, maybe during that one hour period, you notice if you're sensing your breathing, and maybe you have nose hairs, and you notice the the wheezing sound or you know or not the sound but the feeling mm -hmm. of the wind passing the hair follicles in your nose or if you have a mustache and then the the air coming out of your nose in and out like tickling your whiskers wow like those are the things that you focus on for that one full hour like very detailed zoom in that's yeah it, okay. it, it's to really focus your mind into almost it, it's basically training yourself to start utilizing your mind in a very focused surgical knife, sur surgical knife maneuver to start picking at detailed sensations. I remember that um, 
actually just earlier today, once you finished the course and you stepped out of your car, you, you just told me like, oh man, that was brutal. Brutal both yeah. what, physically and mentally. And, and why, why is that for you? Like, why was it brutal? It was brutal because up until, I mean, for the past seven years, all the meditation that I even did in the past was all, I don't know, five, 10, 15, 20 minutes max, maybe even occasionally 30 minutes, mm -hmm. but nothing hour long, nothing two hour long mm -hmm. sessions. This is the first time ever going for that duration. And the reason why it's brutal is because in that duration of sitting, you, right after the 30 minute mark, your body, like your body starts reacting. Your body starts telling you, I don't like this. You start noticing those mm. sensations mm. where it's like, dude, my lower back's hurting. Man, that little itch that's on my leg, it's amplified because <laughs> it, it just, because I lost time perception. Yeah. All of a sudden like that, and, and not only that, but I'm losing sensation in my legs because yeah. I'm sitting on it and yeah. I think, oh, is the blood circulation coming off my leg? Am I going to yeah. get gangrene or am I going to get, I don't know what the hell. And like, am I going to like lose permanent sensation in my uh -huh. leg because I keep sitting on it and I'm not paying attention or I'm not moving it. And you start questioning about like, oh yeah, am I going to lose my leg? And you start wanting to move. Uh -huh. But the idea is ultimately that you try not to react. You try to let it be there and sit through it and, and be less reactive. You, the, the term is being to have equanimity or okay. equanimous. Okay. I mean, is this, sensations. is this really just observing? It's really observing and, and, then, and not know, reacting. Yeah. Maybe analyze, you know, whatever it is and yeah. kind of just let it flow through type of deal. Yeah. So really, the whole painful shock and the brutal yeah. is because in spite of the pain, you have to be calm and have kind of like a, uh, a distanced awareness mm -hmm. of it. Like almost as if like you're a third person in the room, just observing without stepping in and, and doing, making any changes to the situation. Did you actually eventually found the pain to, disappear i mean you know mm, it doesn't disappear it's just like a volume switch it's just okay it it go it quiets down but it's always in the background but you become able to deal with it okay so the pain isn't just on your mind it actually does exist but it's still there okay. but you don't it's not amplified oh, it's okay. like normally normally you like when you end up witnessing or you end up experiencing like like I don't know like a, a fly on yeah. your body or something yeah. like that, then all of a sudden you get that reaction of like oh a fly is dirty yeah it kind of and like all these yeah. thoughts I mean is a fly really dirty yeah it's all subjective sure. and then like if you think oh it's dirty or like oh there's a bee that's flying near my head it's gonna sting and it's you. gonna sting me yeah these are all thoughts yeah it's not that the bee is actually gonna sting you yeah. But your snap reaction is it has a stinger mm -hmm. and it's getting really close to either mm -hmm. my face mm -hmm. or my leg or something mm -hmm. like that. And I've heard that stings hurt. I've never experienced it before, mm -hmm. but because of that, all those internalized ideas create a snap reaction okay. where 
I just yeah, need yeah. to move. I need to yeah. swat away and you start yeah. wanting to yeah. move. And meditation gets you so that blocks it, it all out. It it turns down the volume on yeah. those feelings or thoughts mm-hmm. that get you to react. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean you're just you know, in in some ways you're blocking everything out. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a question that I'm sure everyone wants to ask is because you were talking about how, you know, you meditate like every day, you know, like what an hour, three hour sessions or you know, basically mm-hmm. a long time. Yeah. And I know I've asked you this before too, where in any of the sessions that you pass out and then I know pass out meaning like fell asleep. Um, and cause I know you explained to me how they, they kind of have a schedule that you keep up, you know, such as waking up a certain time and then, you know, eating at a certain time. So kind of, can you take me through that? Uh, yeah. So it, they, they have a pretty set schedule where like you wake up at like four thirty in the morning. No, sorry, four, and then you start meditating for two hours from 4.30. Self-meditation in your own room or, you know, or if you have a designated spot they give you. And you're basically your own, your own teacher, your own hall monitor, if you want to call it. So you have to be responsible for yourself. Yeah, but if you wake if up that you, early, you if have If you wake up, you know, well, if you wake up yeah. that early. Yeah. And you sit on your, your, your butt pad. Yeah and you meditate for 15 minutes and you're not like oh yeah this doesn't feel good oh well no one's checking up on me so i'm just gonna hop back into bed because your bed's just right there because <laughs> you're in your living you're in your sleeping quarters and you do that and i did that i think a couple times <laughs> but that was much more towards the initial mm. few sessions of okay. uh, initial first couple of days okay where I might meditate for like half an hour. And then once I started feeling the pain and the yeah. discomfort, I'm like, yeah. uh, nah, I'll just wait till the actual, uh, three sessions okay. where we're doing the group meditation, okay. where I actually literally have to be, but stuck on the cushion for the full hour. You can still fall asleep then. It's hard. It, you could, but it's just hard because you, the, the point about sitting on the cushion mm-hmm. and, and sitting in a cross-legged position on the cushion is that it actually gets you, it makes it less easy for you to fall asleep. Uh, whereas like if you're sitting against, like if you're sitting in a chair or against a wall yeah. or some sort of body support, then you can easily just knock out. And so it, it is harder compared to um, to sitting on the cushion and staying glued to the cushion. So you were pretty much, oh man, that's that's pretty hard to do. You're so kind of alert even during the whole time. Yeah, yeah so so again, so basically in the morning, it was like a 4.30 self, uh, 4.30 to 6.30 self, self yeah. meditation mm-hmm. in your own time. And then, uh, and then throughout the day, it would be like from, Eight to nine a.m. would mm-hmm. be the group meditations in the uh, the group hall, mm-hmm. the Dharma Dar- hall, and that's when your butt's glued to the, mm-hmm. you know, okay. and, and in a sense you're held accountable because the teacher's there. So eight a.m. to nine a.m. is the first one hour session. Two thirty to three thirty is the second session, and six p.m. to seven p.m. is the third session of the day with the teacher 
and each one of those times is glued to your, mm. you know, and you're you're being monitored with like other people, with no? other people okay. in the room, okay. and all that stuff. Okay. But, and then sprinkled in between that yeah. are the maybe two hour self meditation uh -huh. sessions, uh -huh. where ultimately, if you do want to go back into your bed and sleep, or you want to go out into the field and uh, off the into the field and like walk around the the school path. Oh, you can do to that. get some. You you could. Okay, cool. But the idea is that you monitor yourself okay. and you go, you you try to stick to your butt to the pad um, during the those kind of self meditation sessions. But ultimately, you can kind of do whatever you want or do what you want. But they want they they recommend you stick your butt to the pad. Basically, it's like going to college. You, you stay in a dorm room and then you, you just go to class, basically. Yeah, 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 basically. Because they, you know, because you, you even told me that, you know, they feed you, what, like twice a day? or They feed you twice a day, so breakfast and lunch, but they recommend that, uh, especially they have something called uh, new students and old students. Okay. So, like, new students is once, you know, once you've completed a 10-day course, you're no longer a new student, then you become an old student. But the new students, because they're not used to the entire set, uh, way everything works, they might be used to three meals a day. And so if that's the case, um, removing dinner from the meal, from, from, from their meal plan might be a little too extreme. But um, they also know that in gen just in general, when you go into a meditation session, um, and you have a food coma. Food comas typically happen, I guess, because you've eaten to your max mm. and all the blood's going to your stomach mm -hmm. to digest. So mm -hmm. none of it's in your brain. And so when you go and you're just kind of like drowsy, and you're like, oh, yeah. oh and you just like don't want to do anything. Yeah. So that affects your meditation. So for them, they serve you a vegetarian meal. Um, I think because vegetarian vegetables are just easier to digest yes. than meat. Yes. It takes uh, less digestion energy. Yes. Um, so that's the reason why it's a vegetarian meals. And then during dinner, uh, dinner time, um, before the 6 to 7 p.m. meditation, they for new students, they might allow you to maybe eat some light fruit and have some tea. Uh, but for old students, they'll just say tea and no food. So it's... It, it, once you... Because you've already... You, you already dipped your, your, your feet in the water. Yeah after the first, you know, the new students, yeah. first 10-day thing, then repeat students that come back afterwards, subsequent old students, then they already know, you know, they already yeah. know the drum roll. Yeah. Um, so they they don't need, they, they have the expectation that they won't have dinner. But that sounds rough, though, just because yeah. you can't have dinner. And cause you even told me before that mm. the first couple of nights you're having you're struggling to uh, to even, sleep, and you're craving pho. Even 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 um, even the even the the by the ninth night and the tenth night, yeah. I was still having the craving for food. But because you gain that equanimity, it's no longer as strong, or it's more manageable. Okay. It's more manageable with your body. You're like, all right, cool. Again, it's just another sensation. Mm -hmm just like the pain in my body and it's it's impermanent yeah. it's not gonna always be i'll get over it you know it's just like you always think like oh you know in, in like like a life event oh my life's over no this is just a temporary setback yeah. but when you sleep it off and you wake up tomorrow you're still gonna be here yeah it's just temporarily this sucks 
I scraped my knee or something didn't go according to plan. Yeah. And you get over it because it's impermanent. And the whole idea of Buddhism is to understand that there's impermanence yeah. and how to live a harmonious and equanimous life in spite of the fact of impermanence and to actually appreciate and be compassionate with how life and nature and the way every existence is impermanent. And those are the aspects that you have gained through this course or you've always kind of known it? Uh, I would say that this course reiterated those things to me in because like I said I've been on a spiritual search for the past seven years and it led me to Buddhism mm-hmm. but like in terms of like all the books and Buddhism and different temples and yeah, stuff I've yeah. gone to it's all basically bits and pieces of puzzles like mm-hmm. I'll read Mark Manson I'll read Jordan Peterson I'll even listen to like Joe Rogan Sam sure. Harris all those things yeah yeah but each thing and all the books and you know, self-help stuff that you read and Buddhism books, they're all bits and pieces of puzzles, the entire picture, mm-hmm. where when you have a, a culminating life event, like maybe this Vipassana session, where it repeats those ideas, those separated ideas, but distills it and glues them together into a cohesive picture, that all of a sudden, all of that stuff that you've read all of a sudden makes sense. It turns into like, like as an example, like music. Yeah. Like when you hear a song, it's just a bunch of words that you've heard before, but they rearranged it in a, um, in a a way and and adding a melody to it where all of a sudden you feel, you feel it. And when you feel it, it's, it, it it gives you that experience, which, yeah, it, which I guess what leads to wisdom. Yeah, that's something you mentioned yeah, yeah. before where, you know, when you're just reading all these different books and listening to all these different podcasts, they're, you know, they're there for knowledge. They're learning, knowledge you know? and facts, but yeah. they're not put into together into like a, a recipe that yeah. you're actually eating and tasting. Then they're just facts and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Like It's like Jeopardy. You just have a bunch of stuff to recite, but... Where does it meet experience? When it meets experience and you actually experience what that song is talking mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. or what that book mm-hmm. is talking about, mm-hmm. then that turns into wisdom. Okay. No, I'm excited because it's, it's the same as, you know, if me just sitting here listening to your experience with the course. I mean, it's, it's always going to be hard for me to really truly understand because I, you know, haven't dive deep and really experience it so you know i'm listening and it's fascinating but you know yeah but i don't have the wisdom like what you said because because you having actually walked the path yourself ultimately that's the thing if yeah if if you hear all this stuff but there is that what the bruce lee saying of uh knowing is not enough you must apply apply. willing is not enough you must do Do, yeah that's where knowledge meets action Mm -hmm. which equals wisdom you have to be wise you can't just you know world war ii i think we were talking about yeah yeah you could read a bunch about wars and like oh why war is not good but that's reading in a textbook unless if you actually experience living through a war 
realizing the damage of mm -hmm. bombs going off, food shortages, yeah. poverty, yeah. Yeah. espionage, all yeah. that stuff, and not being able to physically trust yeah. someone and being in literal life or yeah. death situations, you won't know and you're bound to repeat that because that's why whenever your parents tell you, oh, the stove's hot, what's hot? <laughs> I don't know. Well, now, okay, let's put your finger on the stove. You're right. That's what hot is. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And that's, 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 that's where wisdom kicks in because you experienced it. Yeah. And you know, if I touch it, it'll hurt me and it's going to feel painful. But what's hurt? Yeah, what's yeah. hurt? Yeah. Oh, this is hurt. Now, put your finger on that thing, but not for too long, otherwise you'll lose your finger or whatever. Yeah. Do some parents actually do that? I mean, it's a form of training, in, in a sense. And then in a way, not not to that extreme, but sure. it, it sometimes it's necessary. Like, I'll give yeah. you an example. Like, they say um, a needle. Mm -hmm. You have a needle, and you're like, oh, don't touch that needle because it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. It might be helpful for you to actually get the needle and poke the child. Mm -hmm. Not so much in the sense to actually make them bleed, but enough to prick them mm -hmm. and when they feel that sense snap mm -hmm. reaction then they'll know what you mean by hurt oh now i experienced hurt yeah now i know what being hurt means mm -hmm. okay i don't like that i had an adverse reaction and so now when dad says hurt because now i trust him so whenever he says don't do that because it hurts then i'll know that guy yeah, you know, better be yeah. able to understand those guardrails. No, yeah, that makes sense because you. Uh, it's a similar because um, you were telling me this before too. It was similar to, in a sense, where if you're trying to describe, let's say, to a, a blind person, like the color red, well, they never seen red before. They don't know. What, they they don't can't know see. Yeah. So when you say red, it's like, well, what's red? What's that color? I don't, I don't understand, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of the same idea where if they have never truly experienced it or, or seen it or or any of that, when you're describing it to them, they're just going to be confused. Yeah. Okay, okay. And I mean, I'm guessing this course kind of helped you refine a little bit of, you know, all the different books or ideas that, you've accumulated and then now you're able to find it glue it glue it together in a okay in a, in, into like an image or a cohesive understanding but not only understanding more understanding through actually having experienced it and of course now with that experience you guessing you're starting to see the picture clearer see the picture more clearly okay yeah, more clearly, but now you end up realizing that you need to maintain practice because the path un until you're literally until you're dead, the path is never finished. You still need to continue walking okay. on it and yeah. exploring it through action and experience yourself. Experience it for yourself. The path of uh, continuing along the path of truth. I guess yeah now what's the next step then to to maintain you know walking the path daily meditation so mm -hmm. they they recommend well once you're done with the course um meditate one hour in the morning one hour mm -hmm. in the evening mm -hmm. and again it's just the 
the the idea is to get you to become more sensitive mm -hmm. because meditation and buddhism at the end of the day it's to become it's to make you more sensitive as a person i know sometimes like in society in general the idea about sensitivity sometimes doesn't seem like it's a very uh, sometimes it can be said that it's not a very macho thing oh you're too sensitive yeah yeah but in actuality sensitivity is good because sensitivity leads to wisdom yeah you know um if you like as an example when you smoke weed and you drink alcohol and things like that they're intoxicants to get you to numb your mind so that you become less sensitive you become inebriated so that you can go talk to that girl you know so oh you don't you don't feel okay. as self-confident yeah as self-conscious yeah you know and that's the part where although you're less self-conscious because you're less conscious you may also do stupid things yeah and that's the part where you might end up screaming like you might start like grabbing a girl's butt or you might start seeing like sexist comments or things like that that aren't sensitive well it's not sensitive because you desensitize yourself with alcohol or weed or whatever yeah. it is yeah or some sort of intoxicant so you know like again with with society and how it's like oh you know as a as a as a as a man at least from my experience like as a man you're being told like oh don't be so sensitive like why they said something and you didn't like it so don't be so sensitive just man up just suck it up and deal with it in a way it, it is you know that's what meditation does it it's not that it makes you less sensitive mm -hmm. it makes you more sensitive but less reactionary that is the key that's mm -hmm. different mm -hmm. you're more sensitive and less reactionary because of your wisdom because you experienced it you become a wiser to me a wiser example a wiser leader because when you're sensitive and you have and you're leading people mm -hmm. you end up realizing that hey what i'm doing is hurting this person or being insensitive and this person saying i need help but rather than shouting at them like oh you're just weak or whatever no this person's telling me they need help and so what can i do to serve them what can i do to modify what i'm doing to better understand them mm -hmm. so that i can truly get them to be better servers themselves and mm -hmm. that's the to me the key shift that i'm getting from this vipassana meditation Okay, no, that's cool. Uh, I mean, you, yeah, you've always talked about helping the community in some some way. You, For meaning of life, like yeah, yeah, understanding you, why you do what you do. Yeah, so right. By 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 asking yourself that question, that's the introspection that gets you to do not just do anything just for pleasure's sake. Yeah, to get sensations that you like and push right. away sensations that you don't like but to get the good sensations and the bad sensations and realize that you need a mixture of balance of both in order to make music or or do well do whatever anything yeah, like yeah. an experience like cuz experience is a balance of pleasure and pain that's a, that's good that's a good way that's a nice nice way to put it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's what that's what music is it's like stretch Right. Buddha's idea is like strumming a, uh, a guitar string. Mm -hmm. If you strum it too hard, it'll snap. If you strum it too lightly, 
you won't hear anything. But that balance of of the highs and lows is when you actually hear mm. melody, and that is what each individual's life story and all that stuff is mm. experiences. And that's where you make music by writing the good and the bad in a balanced nice. way. Nice. And would you say that you'll go back and take this course again? Definitely, because yeah, because uh, I, I yeah, because I you did mention about how they have what, like a like a twenty day course, a thirty day, um, like different levels or different tiers. Yeah, because um, I think introspection is you're always doing a gut check on yourself, mm -hmm. and when you do a gut check, like you test information knowledge that you you're you're just constantly testing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. constantly testing knowledge that you just heard or you're heard in your past and putting into action and practice what you just heard and then experiencing whether or not that's actually true or not because then you can immediately tell is it true based off of my actual experience which is the interaction between my mind and my body mm. and the sensation in between mm. that relationship. Mm. And if it comes to true, then keep walking, mm. keep listening. If it's no longer true, then find get off your else. cushion yeah. and go find something else. Yeah. But as long as it continues to remain true, then keep walking this path and see where the rabbit hole goes. Okay. And yeah. th that's exactly what and that's exactly okay. what this is. It's, sure. But but in terms of like going back to this Buddha's ideas yeah. about life in general he's always he's not blind faith yeah. it's just this is what i'm telling you what my path was that worked for me and you can test it question yeah. it don't just question it off of blind faith like faith in a god or something yeah. like that or rituals or whatever but test it and experience it for yourself then you know truly wisdom wise whether or not this is good and when you are able to do that, that's when you're able to experience life in a much more truly balanced mm -hmm. way and really truly feel it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're truly feeling the sensations. You're, sure. you're, you're living life by always constantly yeah. being aware of the sensations yeah. of life. To add it on is that we, you know, of course not everyone is open or receptive to you know, let's say for this course specifically to try out and see how it is. Mm -hmm. it's maybe it's like what you said, it's not for everyone, right? I mean, everyone's path is different. I mean, yeah, you know, it's the same as like trying to help someone, you know, who has depression, but you know, they're not really open minded to ex accept help or this is kind of the same deal. Yeah. Um, I think they have to be pretty open, opening their mind up in order to even having the full experience, you know, with this course. Because let's say if I just yeah. go in and just, uh, okay, whatever, I'll just go in and just do it, you know, just sit there, but you're not really fully engaged and just kind of a, a waste. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I guess you as an individual have to decide, right? You ultimately have to make that decision. Mm. And that's the that's the ultimate truth that each individual has to reach themselves. Because mm -hmm. ultimately, you are your own leader. 
ultimately you are your own leader. Yeah. At the end of the day, everything outside of your body is not going to be able to get you to do what you need to do. They can they can maybe take people can take advantage of your your body, but your mind is ultimately in your control. So if you pollute it with negative thoughts, positive thoughts, or it's not, yeah, or or nourish it with positive thoughts, pollute it with negative thoughts, then ultimately that's in you. That's your control, um, and that's where if you're suffering, because that's the thing in, in in my spiritual journey, it in, in my like crashing moment i guess mm-hmm. you could say mm-hmm. life crashing moment mm-hmm. i got i went down the path of depression anxiety yeah. to the extreme well, addiction su- well, suicidal yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah like luckily i didn't do anything it was just more like oh you know i became nihilistic and yeah. life has just no color no taste mm-hmm. no sensation everything is just numb why do i want to get out of bed today but luckily something allowed me within myself to hold on and not do something stupid but meditation got me to start slowly analyzing the sensations and realizing that the sensations sensations are sensations but it's my mental interpretation of those sensations that gets me to either feel good or bad depressed or anxious yeah and it's all in my head at the end of, of the day, it's all in my head. So when I interact with someone like we were talking about earlier, like a, the bully that you knew when you were five, yeah. and you encounter them twenty years later, mm-hmm. it's your 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 sticky mental image of that individual yeah. back then, and yeah. who you thought you were back then. That all of a sudden brings back that uh, that 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 sticky sensation of oh. I don't like this and you're becoming averse to it. And then when you see that person, all of a sudden you get that, like your heart drops feeling yeah. inside your gut, you know, and w- when you see them now, um, and, and then all of a sudden you don't, you don't feel good and you feel up and down and you get like your, your, your sensations make, because your mind, you, you don't have control of your mind, your mental faculties, the sensations drive you, take you for a spin. And, and, and so you have to get yourself to want to sit down and do this 10 day course, the Pasna course, you have to get yourself there. Yeah. No one's gonna, no one's gonna do it for you. And yeah, I, you know, that's, that's the tough thing for most people, right? Because we, we always tend to make excuses and tell ourselves, oh, well, I don't have time. I work, I this and that. I mean, while it's true, but if you really want to do something, then, then you'll find a way to do it. Because you, you even told me that you met a couple of people there at, at the retreat. You were saying that there was this one, what, Vietnamese guy who, who was, you know, doing, had a full-time job at, like, a dealership, like, doing finance, but, they, you know, he kind of quit that and he just went all out, you know? and Just went all out, yeah. meditation, three hours in the morning, yeah. which is crazy. And then one hour at night and, like, every day, nonstop commitment yeah. to do that. Just like, That's, whoa. Yeah, I know, it's crazy. So, so that kind of tells me that, you know, some people really want to do it, do something, then, then they'll, they'll find yeah, a way, right? I mean, you know? 
it, yeah that and but that's the commitment that you have to get yourself to. yeah um and the, the ultimately the mental control that you have to get yourself to to be able to commit to something and not easily change your Large, change your path right. all the time because if you always change your path you have no direction no rudder you're just going around in circles but I mean, no, this no, this is really this is really cool though, just because um, I mean I've known you since high school and yeah. just seeing that transformation, you know, that you're going through is to me is is, is pretty pretty eye popping to be honest, because I mean, because you weren't really quite like that before in high school and even after that, you know, like, no. I, I I mean, yeah, so it's just, it's just kind of crazy how. Went from that, and it's, you know, it's, it's a good thing, though. It's a good. Thing. I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was heavily. What I didn't realize was I was heavily ego driven. Yeah, ego driven all throughout my twenties, even into like my thirties, and it still comes out. Yeah, it's it, but it, it's not so much to say that it's it like it's completely gone, mm -hmm. but to realize that it's there and know that. To have it is nor it's normal, but to know when to utilize it in the balance of individuality versus community, which is kind of it goes into Eastern philosophy and like the yin and the yeah, yang, yeah, yeah, on and off, yeah, yeah, up and down. You can't have with up without down. Like yeah. you have to have opposites. You have to have communism in order to have uh, democracy. There's benefits of both. Of course. You can't have one without the other. You can't have ups without downs. Otherwise, you don't have music. Otherwise, the, the, the string doesn't resonate. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, we... we yeah, we touched upon a little bit about that, too, earlier today. Yeah, this is a, a lot of topics that we actually... Went, went, we talked about throughout throughout the year. And, um, yeah, and this, one, this serves, like, so many different parts, too, not just one. Episode. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and one thing that I think... Because as you go through life and you you start building on the, the example that I like to use is like a tree. When the tree is initially growing and the primary initial roots mm -hmm. are being being uh, stretched out from the seed form yeah. the soil. Yeah. That primary root is say for instance what you learn when you're a child, mm -hmm. first five, seven years. That primary root is gonna be there. And then all this secondary roots and all the things that branch out from that root are going to branch out from that core root. So if that core root fundamentally is messed up or not understood in any, in, in the right way, then everything you build on top of that yeah. is going to be distorted and it's not going to be healthy. So if you end up not doing self-reflection at that early of an age or being cultivated in the right way through wisdom and trial and error and things like that and teaching the the, the child through yeah. through friendship yeah. experience then by the time that child turns into their 20s and 30s and they don't realize that their internal mental roots it's are damaged basically yeah then they're going to build off of those damaged yeah. roots yeah. And the relationships that they have, the way that they produce yeah. fruits for their community, yeah. are they're going to be toxic fruits. Yeah. And the community is going to eat those toxic fruits. 
and the community is going to continue. You're basically poison. You're basically poison. poison. Yeah, and, and that's the reason why mental self-reflection and things like meditation yeah. and, and being able to get to a, uh, a person, a child, before they reach adult age, to, to get them to understand this mental self-reflection through things like meditation is so important at such an early age because then you get, if you don't, you get to the whole can't teach an old dog new tricks yeah, because yeah. they've already ingrained themselves the old habits. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why when you try to teach an old person meditation, they're like, oh, I've already lived my life. This meditation stuff that you're teaching me now, what? What are you talking about? Like, man, you're crazy. Right, right. You know? Um, but when you teach them at a much younger age when they haven't grown those bad roots into the soil yet of their mind, then you have the right opportunity, uh, the better, better timing opportunity to cultivate those primary roots. I mean, essentially, essentially you, you can even call it like, you know, bad habits, right? Not just mm. bad roots, but... Yeah. You're developing bad habits, and if you don't change it or correct them, you're always going to be doing the same thing or, or thinking the same way, if anything. Yeah, yeah. And then that whole habit of thinking about life in a, uh, in a unified or divisive manner. If you, from the early age, are you know, given an environment where life is competition, and that's it, and you take it to an absolute level, then everything you do, every every way that you see as success in life is competition. Mm -hmm. And you don't end up realizing that at the end of the day, there's competition and unity. There's a different, there, yeah. there's a balance between individualism yeah. and community. Yeah. Yeah. And you need to have the balance between both yes. in order to, to, to truly live life sure. in a balance and, and survive, survive, really survive. Yeah, yeah. Long term. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how you, you progress um, as human beings, doing enough, like we said, mental reflection and really analyze, right? Um, yeah. Which actually is a good thing now because with the pandemic, uh, guessing most people or really a lot of people probably have enough free time to be at home and hopefully going through the reflection stages. But of course, I don't know. Um, this is yeah. a, this is a guess, but you know, I think this, this is like the best time to do it. Um, all right, folks, I'm uh, going to wrap it up here. Um, for anyone who's listening, you can do more research about it. Uh, or, you know, you can probably ask Alvin here. I mean, yeah, has plenty of experience, you know. Yeah, quickly, uh, if, you have, if you're interested in the Vipassana thing, uh, the retreat, you can go to dhamma, D-H-A-M-M-A dot org. And there's like 200 centers around the world, supposedly, or getting close to 200. Yeah. But due to COVID right now, uh, some of them, are, or maybe even all of them, are all shut down mm -hmm. until further notice. But I would highly recommend you going and if you can sit through yeah. 10 days, go do it because yeah. it, it is really, to me, profound on yeah. how it can, if you have depression, anxiety, even yeah. like suicidal, yeah. wherever yeah. the heck it is. Rather than taking like mind-numbing medications, yeah. although I'm not saying that it's yeah. not something you should take, yeah. um, but if you, if you really ultimately need it, this this isn't doesn't take medita medication. It's meditation. 
Mm. So in in a way, it's 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 using yourself and better understanding your interaction with your sensations. Yeah. Anyway, that, yeah. Go go to dhamma.org. Yeah, and to wrap it up on or to piggyback on what Alvin just said, and for those who maybe have some financial troubles, this course, as I know, is really more kind of like what charity based or or donation oh, yeah, 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 based. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the the course in itself doesn't uh, require any money uh, up front. Okay. You don't have to, yeah, if, if you go to the course and you find that, oh, it's not something that you find of value or, you know what, I want to try to take this meditation course home, practice it and see what the results are. And if I see results, then in the future, it has genuinely benefited me, then I might do some donations in the future. But the first course... It doesn't cost you anything so you can just just go and the food's provided you just need to be committed yes. to sitting your butt on that cushion yep and meditating and doing nothing but meditating yep so i mean that sounds pretty good to me i mean they feed you and living so come on what's not to like uh anyways all right we'll we'll have to wrap it up uh next time i'll be talking about probably more about mental health issue with another another good friend of mine um, but stay tuned for that <laughs>